Hello, one and all, and welcome to this month's Common Briefing Program. We are a part of the Common Geeking Program podcast, where each month we recap the hottest headlines in geek news. Um, are, are you, Jeff, are you lip syncing me or a song? What is happening? Okay, <laughs> Jeff Jeff is lip-syncing me, and with the latency, it's very distracting. Uh, so we are going to be here recapping the month of October 2019. I have to cover this part of my screen. I can't do this. <laughs> we are going to be recapping the month of October 2019's Geek News, uh, keeping you up to date on the things that we think are the most important and impactful to geeks around the world. My name is Colin Ketchin. I'm your host and your chief anchor of this <laughs> reputable news program. Uh, I'm joined this month by two returning correspondents austin Fuck jeff yeah. uh hello it's me austin i've been out in the field doing lots of difficult hard-hitting journalistic work this past month totally um yeah the uh the the way you said hello was only half the tone the other half was how like lackadaisically <laughs> you threw your arms up and the world will never know what no, you really it's... meant to communicate uh jeff <laughs> uh hi yeah i'm jeff and uh, as usual to contrast austin's hard-hitting uh investigative work i've put in very little effort at all you know i just feel we should bring the broad range of broad range of spectrum of effort into this podcast is that I'm how journalism really works if... to learn yeah it is i'm just really excited to learn from jeff what the fuck is going on with that unicron toy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we uh, we have uh, Jocelyn with sports, but no sports this month. Jeff with Unicron and Austin with actual journalism. Uh, kind of. We'll <laughs> no, see. Austin usually brings the shit crazy stuff. <laughs> he does. But I mean, aren't those the stories that like really make you want to actually read the news? Like we don't want to yeah, read transcripts even. of C-SPAN. We want to figure out who threw shit across Congress. Well, I gotta tell you, the shit crazy real news is is not really what I'm coming here for. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right. Okay, before we jump in, uh, we're recording a little later in the evening. Might just be later to me because my schedule has changed, so I wake up earlier now. But I'm feeling a little relaxed this evening. I've had a good night. Came home, took a nap, and made some dinner. What are you guys up to? Yeah, we're just gonna smooth jazz this one. Go real nice and relax. Put on our relaxation voices. Yeah, Austin, I, do you still have a saxophone? Uh, I don't have it in <laughs> Buffalo. I just have okay. the clarinet uh, and the but, ukulele. But if you did, could you could you play it whenever you're not speaking? Like, just in the background when Colin and I are talking? Uh, and then every time you start talking, you'll be like, Oh! Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 it would be a real break from the action. <laughs> that was disgusting. That would be... <laughs> A choice that might have <laughs> it might be something worth thinking about uh yeah, it's the avant-garde at a different time <laughs> um yeah i don't know i did I, I i i'm doing things i don't know it's it's chill here you know what that's good and with that cool. chill vibe let's roll into some chill news Uh, I'm going to go first again this week. I've been being very uh, generous in terms of whom I let go first in this podcast, but I'm picking up the <laughs> reins again. Um, y'all, y'all's fucking free ride is over. So first thing, 
First thing I want to talk about, I'm going to start with just some light recommendations more than news and then pivot into news. Uh, but if, uh, as far as things I'd recommend from this month, we've got uh, The Outer Worlds is a new single-player role-playing game by Obsidian. The fine folks behind uh, Fallout New Vegas, technically some of them are behind all of Fallout in general. Yeah. Um, as well as, uh, I don't know which part of the dev team did it, but Obsidian also did the South Park Stick of Truth and uh, gave the Stick of Truth game and its follow-up, uh, The Fractured But Whole. And all those games are great. The Outer Worlds is no exception. It feels very much like Fallout, but the shooting is much more refined. The role-playing is much less constricted. Um, I I know we have a lot of friends in this group that have played like Skyrim, and have played Skyrim with very specific uh, role-play intentions. <laughs> like like Keenan's... Detective uh, Andrea Graves. Yes, Detective Andrea Graves, who treats... Uh, all I remember is the story... Um, from Windhelm, where so there's that whodunit thing, and Keenan just got really into it. And this entire game feels catered to that kind of playing, because I don't usually go in with a role-playing intention. I'm just like, I'm going to play the game and react the way that I would, um, but I'm seeing how flexible the character point allocation system is, and I'm already planning playthroughs where I am an axe murderer, kind of sneaking <laughs> from planet to planet, just tearing people apart, uh, as well as... Because uh, you get unfrozen from cryosleep in the beginning of the game. I kind of want to play a run where... Because the game is about a hyper-capitalist uh, solar system colony where uh, late-stage capitalism and corruption have sprawled across this area and there are no checks and balances and everybody is, like, demonstrating a different broken facet of this system. And I kind of want to just be a person who has absolutely no spine and anytime someone confronts them, I just want to find some way to be subservient to them and see if I make any progress. But the game's <laughs> wonderful. The game is absolutely wonderful. The gunplay is fun. It's on uh, Game Pass on PC and on Xbox. So if you have that, you don't have to shell out 60 bucks. You can just subscribe to that or you could shell out 60 bucks. Um, the campaign is actually pretty short compared to like your Fallouts and your Skyrim. So uh, it's, it's much easier to jump in and do a few different playthroughs. So I'm pretty excited. Um, as far as more newsy news, uh, following up on a story from a couple of months ago, we were given a hellish look at the fine white teeth of one humanoid, Sonic the Hedgehog, oh, this oh, yeah. April. <laughs> and uh, we have... I, thought, uh, I really thought you were about to fucking murk my Unicron story. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? That's all I do here. <laughs> that's, that's my whole thing. Uh, but Sonic the Hedgehog was given uh, the worst queer eye makeover I've ever seen, and uh, it seems as though the Fab Five have finally gotten their shit together via a leaked image of a standee at a theater that shows the potential redesign of Sonic the Hedgehog. He still does not have a single eyeball, a concession I am okay with, but everything yeah. else... Uh, he also has, sounds like weird. he has no eyes, though. He has two eyeballs <laughs> instead of a single eyeball with two free-floating pupils. Um, he also still has blue arms. Other than that, everything about him seems much more in line with the typical representation of this little blue boy. Uh, waiting for some confirmation. He's a little chubbier than I'd like, and that comes because of the contrast between... There are technically three Sonic designs. You have Classic Sonic, Modern Sonic, and Sonic Boom, except Sonic Boom was a failure, so right. yeah, that's just kind of out Sonic there. Boom. Yeah, that's a thing. 
Um, but does but, he look like a horrible monstrosity is the uh, real thing. This movie looks like a modern Sonic that was made a little bit chubbier, where the classic Sonic is a little chubby, and the modern mm-hmm. Sonic is a little more lanky with longer spikes. And it seems right. like in between the two, but leaning heavily modern Sonic, okay. which you would see in your games like Sonic Adventure and Sonic Generations. I'm trying to name the Sonic games people have actually played and not the ones that are most recent that nobody's played and nobody likes. Uh, for you. <laughs> this is a, it's a very difficult, torturous fandom, uh, but it looks like the redesign is coming across uh, pretty, pretty in line with what fans are asking for. And while I may not totally agree with how fans control the creative process of film in this way, um, it does make me wonder because clearly they have the design chops to look at Sonic and adapt that look. What did they do before? What did they look at before and say, this is the most reasonable interpretation of it? I'm not saying that fan pressure was the right thing to happen, but I want to know the design process. I want to know what fucking horny producer stuck their dick in that Photoshop and messed it up the way they did. Um, Anyway, uh, that's it. Uh, I'm excited about that. And that's coming out on Valentine's Day 2019. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. I do not envy your girlfriend. Bring bring your lovers to this uh, 2019 Jim Carrey romp. So uh, one last piece of news I want to touch on before I throw it away over to Austin. Throw it away is not the right expression. I, uh, Netflix is a streaming service that most people know about. Oh, is that new? It is now, because I said so on this news program. But they have just gotten a lot of criticism over a feature that they are testing. Now, this is a podcast. Most people listening to this will understand that this is a podcast. If you don't, I you must be very confused at the moment. Um, because your radio <laughs> dial does nothing. I can't see you! How do, I turn on the, how do I turn on my eyes? Which station is this? Uh, so... A lot of podcast players have the ability to adjust the playback speed of the podcast to which you are listening. I don't like this feature because as someone who edits podcasts and has edited a lot of things, uh, a lot of thought goes into how things are timed out, the spacing you put between things and the rate at which stuff is communicated. There's a lot of intentionality there, even if people don't realize it. That said, I understand different people have different needs. And if you have, especially like an informative podcast, you want to blast through them. Netflix is testing this feature for shows, and people Jeez. are not happy. Um, what? Why don't they just not do it? So, uh, <laughs> over the last few days, uh, Judd Apatow, mostly known for a lot of his uh, his comedy films, uh, Judd Apatow has gotten the most attention for his responses, basically saying, like, don't do this, don't make me get everybody in Hollywood to fight you on this, I'll fucking win, but I don't want to waste the time. And then yeah. you've also got, you know, like uh, a myriad other celebrities, directors, Aaron Paul and, and such all saying like <clears throat> this kind of spits in the face of, again, the intentionality of the people producing the thing. Uh, Netflix today that we are recording this, this is October 30th, the day before Spook, and they released a statement saying that they're only testing it on phones. Um and Who the apparently, fuck Netflix uh, on their phone? yeah, yeah. The, the the term I mean, I do it when I'm like moving around. I don't do it as my primary means of thing. But you can like download episodes. So for people with commutes, it's right. uh, it's 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 very nice oh, to have that option. Whoa there! 
Oh, mm-hmm. commutes on like a bus or a train. That's okay. yeah. I yes, like, not just like holding it up while you're driving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, I haven't. No, I've never done that. Uh, my car drives inside the lane by itself, but I don't take advantage of that feature. So the um, the whole thing with this is that Netflix is saying they're only trying it on phones to like benefit the people who are maybe not already engaged in the most cinematic experience. I don't totally understand that argument of like we're not doing it on big screens only on little screens um but they're also saying that for people who have uh difficulty hearing or watching things in alternate languages like i can sort of understand some of those concessions um but like slowing I, it down yeah like slowing it down uh, oh. if, if you want to be able to understand it a little bit better mm-hmm. yeah. and and um for speeding it up the only thing i can think of there Oh, no, they said that people who are, like, re-watching something a million times and want to skip certain parts. That seems like a bit of a stretch to me to say. Because I, yeah. I get that. I, wa- I re-watch like, a lot of stuff. But um, I, mean, I think I, he, building that I feature out just so some people can say, I don't want to see this scene in S- Scott Pilgrim again. This is the one fight I don't like in this movie. So I'm going to watch it a little faster. It doesn't totally ring true to me. I, I think that it is. already skip ahead. Yeah. Exactly. That's a uh, thing. And I, I think but... it is just a, a way to um, increase the speed of content consumption to therefore yeah. increase yeah. investments. And uh, I, I think that it will, if, if it does get pushed out broadly, I think that it will come at the cost of some of the integrity of what they are publishing. Uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not 100% about it. I get some of the niche cases as like an accessibility thing. But this could also turn out like that downloading episodes thing. Everybody was like, we want to download episodes on Netflix. And then a month after they published it or whatever, they were like, yeah, we, we gave you the feature, but nobody uses it. So I don't yeah. know what you're all screaming about. Yeah, so I have no like, idea how this also, will work out. I mean, I, I guess I get like the potential worry of like a slippery slope situation where mm-hmm. it ends up like affecting how we view media and then like the the media makers need to conform to that but also but like on the short term why do we why do we care if there's a future that we all think is dumb and no one's going to use right like why does that matter you know i I, it's it's something i like to pay attention to so there's another uh technology that a lot of filmmakers rail against which is motion smoothing it's a it's a technology on televisions which cause um, where the TVs, digital TVs, will interpolate data in between frames. So TV and movies usually play at 23.94 frames per second. And to make it look smoother, more like a real-life thing or a soap opera, uh, (laughs) the TV will figure out what visual data is between those frames and maybe double it so that their motion is smoother. I fucking hate that shit. It, How yeah. everything just looks like weirdly fake. It's yes. so weird. And the thing is, when, when movies or TV shows are shot with high frame rate in mind, it's fine. Movies like Mad Max Fury Road fuck with frame rate all the time. A lot of British TV is shot at 30 frames per second or higher, and it looks fine. Again, the problem there is intentionality. When you try to present mm-hmm. something, because so much thought and, and effort goes into making these things, yeah, when but... you alter the way that it's presented to the audience... It, it doesn't necessarily work. And that's true of video games. That's true of YouTube videos. Um, I remember yeah, how excited people... but if the alteration people, yeah. is optional, that's like taking away the ability to skip things, right? The, because the, they're the like, thing... oh, you really can't miss this part because I intended you to see this part. It's like, fuck off. Like, that's not your call anymore. Like, you made the thing. How I view it yes. is my business. 
And that's what I'm most interested in about this is is um, I again fo- following off the Sonic thing. Like, to what degree do fans have ownership over the media? I think they don't have a degree of ownership, but I think their opinion matters. Um, but once it's in the hands of the fans, like that's it. You're do- you did yeah. your part, creator. It is now up to them. I don't necessarily like that. But it, that's the truth, and I think that's the way it should be. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I do believe that if if the if the worst case scenario of this feature happens and everybody just binges through shows on high speed, um, I think it will backfire in that there will be a lower investment in the shows people are watching because mm-hmm. you you'll be missing I think a lot of information, uh, either objective information or just tonal stuff yeah Um, i'm concerned about like them trying to encourage people to like blast through content like this because like you know binging is already a thing and yeah i'm sure people who really like binging shows will at least be tempted to watch it at like 1.5 times speed so that they can like that'll increase your that sorry that'll decrease the time that it takes you to finish a season of a lot of shows by quite a lot 1.5 or but like it's that if they if like some people like choose to miss a thing that like a part of the show like they choose to do this and so they end up not seeing like little bits of uh foreshadowing mm-hmm. or whatever it doesn't seem like such a huge deal but it also seems like i'm i would be concerned if they if netflix is just encouraging people to get through stuff instead of like mm-hmm. experiencing it. it yeah yeah mm-hmm. like it, enjoying it watching things carefully and like trying to do what i think is generally like actual uh interpretive work when you're ingesting this media yeah i, I mean, think that's like, important i guess it's a disturbing idea to me that some people would want to like watch it at twice the speed or 1.5 times the speed but at the end of the day like it doesn't matter for me how other people consume media unless it ends up feeding back into the way the media is then created for the future you know what i mean mm. like if there was a big enough i think th- i think that's part of the like, concern yeah where like a lot of people were watching at high speed so then media started making stuff that was like more catered to that and yeah. it ended up like degrading the media over time that's the only like slippery slope scenario yeah. that i'd see it actually mattering but at the end of the day it's just like otherwise it's just like yeah i'm gonna yeah. judge people for I, doing I, that, I think as long as it remains a niche use it yeah. won't have that kind of impact but i think that's what people are concerned about is like oh no is it how is this going to impact the creative process even further because i mean when you're dealing with with making shows for netflix netflix gives a lot of people creative latitude but you still got producers who are like well you got to do this do things this way do things that way yada 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 yeah. so yeah. it's like one more thing <clears throat> not always fun for them but we are already broadcasting on a medium where that's possible. So have fun listening to this 30-minute episode. Anyway. <laughs> uh... Austin, your turn. What you got? Yeah, uh, so I'm going to start out with uh, two small things that are related and then get to a bigger thing, unless I promised more... Uh in our group chat i, I don't, don't think, think you I did. did i think so you're I've fine also two. our audience is not in the group chat <laughs> uh right good for you guys um <laughs> so uh i've got two stories having to do with uh wizards of the coast which oh. uh if you don't know which probably do i don't know what you're doing here if you don't have like any idea what wizards of the coast is not to like rag on you but like they're pretty big for several reasons um 
the company that makes both Magic the Gathering and uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And also, I recently learned the Transformers card game, and they still make Duel Masters, mm-hmm. apparently. That's a thing, but only in Japan. Didn't know that. Anyway, mm. that's not the story. The story is, uh, first, from October, uh, kind of a significant thing that happened is that uh, Magic the Gathering made some uh, made some a bit of a, a bit of a splash with this uh, this this some promotional cards for a charity event uh, raising money for the Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, Magic the Gathering released some silver bordered cards of uh, uh, My Little Pony characters, <laughs> which is like it's kind of a cute thing, but it's also just like a reminder that there are bronies in the community and stuff which is like okay whatever brodies are people too don't kink shame that's not a kink (laughs) don't pony shame (laughs) apparently i'm not as woke as i thought (laughs) anyway yeah so um (laughs) but like i'm not gonna talk too much about them it's just it's kind of a cool thing that they decided to harness bronies for charity for children's hospital (laughs) that's cool (laughs) and also episode title 100 percent Hardest bronies for charity, <laughs> and also um like they so they released uh three um so they're three silver bordered ca- magic cards which is a, an important thing. These are not cards that are legal to use at like competitive events and stuff. They're like the real magic cards. Are too broken. Well, not act, not quite. They are like I think they're thoughtfully designed for what they are. Like they they are cards that you can actually play, and they can be like good in certain formats of the game, which I think is nice because there is a sometimes these promotional cards just end up being like entirely fluff. The entire value is like in the novelty of it, and it's cool that you can actually play with these uh, these My Little Pony characters if you're into them. And also, I mean, there's there's fun. Uh, there's fun mechanical stuff going on. Like literally one of the cards has an ability that requires you to uh, do some things and then reveal a My Little Pony toy that you own to be able to do a, an effect, which is normally like the reveal mechanic is like you reveal a card in your hand by like turning it and showing it to the other players. But here it's like you have to go somewhere in your house, pick up a My Little Pony toy, show it to the other person at the table, and then you get to do the uh, game. I don't know. It's fun little. It's a fun little way to twist... Uh, the how the game is played that i enjoy that doesn't like break any real rules so that's a little thing Hmm. they got uh tens of thousands of dollars for the hospital but also more i don't have the full numbers on it because i only heard about this it was towards the beginning of the month and it was just like a little blip on my radar i think um more importantly and more recently this just happened the other day uh, from now, which will be like a, a couple days ago when this goes live. Um, so a couple days ago to you guys listening, uh, Wizards of the Coast acquired a um, a game developing company. They bought, uh, I think it's Tuke, or, uh, but I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's T-U-Q-U-E. Um, and they're a company that has made a lot of action RPG games. Um, and it's sort of like sort of similar to like you know your sword and sorcery skyrim type stuff sure whatever mm-hmm. um but uh, <clears throat> along with this um wizards of the coast is announcing they announced that they're making an uh another a new D um video game where like yeah, they have a lot of turn-based games sort of like isometric uh top-down uh sort of uh diablo looking things there are a couple of those that exist um but this one sounds really interesting because they want to place uh, 
people into like you know you take your skyrim experience and then transport it to the world of Faerun from D D. um that <laughs> sounds like it could be a pretty cool thing that happens um that could happen it would like it they're gonna have to do a lot of stuff to like translate the D D classes and abilities and spells and stuff into this sort of environment but it seems like a really cool thing that i would be interested in depending on it, how, wait uh, is it out. is it um is there a name for this because i remember seeing ads for like a water deep game i thought it was mobile, no that's the uh, heroes of water deep uh, as far as i know it's just like a, a mobile game that's kind yeah. of like a dungeon crawler type thing but not okay yeah that's what i got i didn't hear so this is a li- like full yeah this is a new scale. thing that like just came out uh earlier this uh-huh. week either, tuesday or monday yeah well this is totally going to change how we record dice populi that's for sure uh that's kind of cool <laughs> Yeah, so it's it, it's it's interesting. Uh, that's and it's cool stuff for the future. Uh, I really hope that it turns out cool and not kind of lame like a lot of the other D and D video games have when compared to the actual experience of playing D and D at a table. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's something. Um, and then last, uh, it's Spooky Month. This is uh, for me the the big story here is that the moon's haunted. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for some stupid shit. Moon's haunted. <laughs> yeah, Moon's haunted. It's been oh my god. I I was around when that meme was like started to circulate like, I have not a couple seen years ago. And then seeing it pop back up because of the Destiny crowd is amazing. So uh Destiny 2 uh released a uh, a big expansion this past month. Um which introduces well reintroduces uh, an old character, um introduces uh, an a, 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 an area from the original destiny game back into the um back into the internet world um the moon you go to the moon the moon's full of spooky ghosts and things that you have to that you have to deal with there's a, a lot there's quite a bit of story involved in there also with shadow keep they're uh, sort of bringing in their new seasonal uh, update sort of format mm-hmm. for how they're doing stuff uh, and I think there are some problems with what they've done but like by and large it's a huge uh, they've done I think they've shaken up the game in it one a huge way and two a way that is uh, while not overwhelmingly positive it is I think solidly positive there are a couple balance issues and weird things that i think the game would be better off without but overall i really like the changes that they've made because you bring in totally this new area, agree. and it also includes like they've changed up the armor system and made it uh more complex and like an rpg and how you can like spec out your character to yeah. do oh, some different things austin i did i i realized this last night because they released a patch where they fixed uh, exotic armor before this shadow keep update so that exotic armor now has specs that aren't from the previous year, but are from the current update. And I logged yep. on in my mobility because I was wearing Orpheus rig. My mobility jumped from like 48 to 90 because <laughs> the mobility on these things is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah, that was kind of cool. No, the shadow keep has been amazing. And I think the season packs pass, uh, mechanic that you'd see in like apex legends or Fortnite. I think it works better in destiny because in destiny, there are economies that you're invested in. So, like, little rewards have much more of an impact. They, It's not just, like, I get to dress up different. It's these little tiny rewards I get for just playing uh, meaningfully accelerate how I get to play the game. Yeah. Uh, it feels good. Which is nice. And it's also, like, if you're buying into a season pass for a season, it's not just, like, 
Uh, not that I'm familiar with Fortnite or something, but I can only imagine that it's like you get access to certain game modes and stuff. But like the the story potential of <laughs> Fortnite for this kind of thing seems kind of low compared to Destiny. Yeah. Um, also, with Shadowkeep came New Light. Destiny is now free to play. All right. Yes. And, and, yeah. and you get a tremendous amount of shit. My girlfriend started playing Destiny because she was always like, I want to play. I'm like, do you want to spend $150? She said, no. Um, so uh, <laughs> New, New Light, you get so much of the game for free in the base content. It, I played through. It's kind of wild how much is free. Yeah. And I think I think that's probably like a good way for the game to go because they're trying mm-hmm. to. Uh, I mean, okay, good pragmatically as a business decision for Bungie, a yes. good way for the game to go because like people are already a lot of people are not happy with like the name of Destiny Two in the world of gaming just because of how it's been perceived by many as like failing to failing to keep promises that were made at the end of like destiny one and like terms of mm-hmm. how they want to have like a a good competitive environment and stuff like that whatever um but i i mean it so it seems like they're trying to make good on a lot of these things and improve the quality of the game while making uh the while making it uh profitable for bungie over the long term without the support and shackles of activision which is yeah. cool but it's also um not just in terms of destiny but in terms of uh gaming at large i i'm kind of i'm kind of concerned about this trend of moving games into this turning individual games into subscription services Mm -hmm. um because like it seems like it turns every game into this thing where like you need to play it as often as possible to get your money's worth out of it that's actually yeah sorry go ahead continue um well and i'm just concerned that this is like it's going to create like it's going to turn a lot of us into like specialist gamers where it's not like you play video games it's like you play a video game and that's the thing yeah. that you know about and you're interested in and like sure it's not like i'm out here sampling all of the games that come out for reasons both that like i can't afford that and also that like i am not that invested in video games as a medium overall like there are things that i think i will like and i will buy them and play them and things that i think i won't like yeah. and i will not well what but, i think about this yeah. the 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 destiny season pass system i think it actually moves i i think it actually steps away from that problem more than it steps towards it because the issue with destiny beforehand was uh sort of the the, the sort of vertical integration of all the expansions where you had to buy the base game and then t- if you want to play something a year and a half later like i want to get back into destiny you had to buy everything that came out in yeah. between and they've sort of removed that um they've made it so that one it's free to jump in two you don't have to buy the things you've missed if you don't want to um because you're right i think that if you feel like hey i've fallen behind on destiny i have to play so much just to keep up they've de-emphasized leveling as an important thing i'm hoping it goes away altogether but um but the idea is like say hey austin do you want to play season of the undying you know the season currently happening yeah and then you're like i'm busy as fuck with school i'll be on at the end of december cool then you don't have to spend the ten dollars this month. I I uh, I get it feeling like a subscription, but the fact that each season will sort of have a reset button means you don't have to invest mm-hmm. in it if you don't want to. Um, I think that's the sort of having your cake and eating it too. I'm not saying it's the perfect solution, yeah. but it, it, it mean, doesn't com- it doesn't commit you to to spending money that you're not going to use. And I think that that is much healthier than Destiny used to be. Fair. Um, I think for Destiny in particular, it just seems like 
to me, something that I care about in Destiny is like getting immersed in the world and seeing mm-hmm. the lore and stuff. And I'm not sure how you get access to lore that is associated with seasonal activities if you mm. don't buy mm. the stuff for the season. And I know a lot of people are just like in there to shoot aliens and stuff. So like that's not going to be a problem for everyone, but it's a problem for me. Like it's not like I really want to give up playing Destiny for a significant amount of time anyway. Mm-hmm. I try to get on like at least once a week, even if I'm super busy, because uh, otherwise I'm going to go crazy if I just do work all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I, I mean, I'm. I, it's not just about like Destiny's subscription service. I'm thinking about like, oh, this was another thing that's smaller that I was going to talk about, but like the way that. Um, it seems this seems to me reflected in the way also that how Bun- how Bethesda thought they could get away with like saying, oh, okay, we want to play Fallout 76 to the to the highest capacity. And people are like, no. And then they're like, it's $100 a year to do it. And then they were like, what? Um, yeah, so that's the thing. Th- that is not the problem are... Fallout 76 had to fit. Like, I get it. Like, here's the thing. I like the bones of Fallout 76. Mechanically, it's the best Fallout game. <laughs> Which the war, which sucks, because there there's nothing to do, and the actual economies that support multiplayer don't work, and it's buggy as hell. But like the basics of just interacting with the world are great, and instead of fixing those basics to the best of their ability, they did offer a solution to the problem of oh, I want to build things in this world because the building is really fun, but it doesn't last because the you you log on to a different server every fucking time you play, so it fixes that problem. But for $13 a month and not fixing any of the other problems and delaying the expansion that will add in all the content. Not ideal. Not ideal. I want to play Fallout 76 and they're just not giving me reasons to do it. Yeah, and I'm I'm also like, okay, so if we're being real about it, it's not that sort of like this kind of monthly payment is not like it's it's comparable uh, to like things that have happened before we've had subscription services minecraft realms mmos and stuff very commonly but like that's that's not that's not what people are playing fallout for like it i i just i it it boggles the mind just in that case but also i am concerned about like this movement of every kind of game to a kind of subscription service because i am worried about like the amount of time that people have to invest in these games and how it's going to push us to become one trick individuals with regards to games yeah. they play. Yeah, no, I totally feel that, and I agree. Jeff, let's throw it over to you. Uh, I know that you probably don't have as many things to talk about, but what you've got is a very big and a very Please pricey. Tell us about the big boy. So do you want to hear about the big boy first or second? Because I do have some of the, one other smaller thing to talk about. Okay, Let's we go. can save the big boy for last. I was going to say the yeah, same thing. Yeah. Introduce um, us to the little boy. So, <laughs> yeah, the little boy I'm working with this time is is a, a Pokemon thing, actually. This isn't like a huge story, but it's something kind of interesting that they did in their marketing that I kind of wanted to talk about. Oh. Uh, both, of my, both of my fucking stories are from, like, the first week of October, so they're, so, like, so <laughs> long ago to me, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I forgot that was October, actually. I want to say it was October 4th. Um, Pokemon did a thing to, like, advertise for their new game where they put out this 24-hour, in air quotes, live stream (laughs) where they were... (laughs) 
again, quote, live streaming into a forest in the, you know, the new region of the Pokemon game. And it was like acting like a, a regular like live stream where it's just like, yeah, shit's really not going to happen that often if you just like put a camera out in the forest. So they had this like 24 hour stream where basically it was just like this ambient like forest with some mushrooms and some ambient noise going on. And then like every once in a while, and I mean every once in a while, something would show up. And like this was going for 24 hours and like stuff showed up of course throughout of it throughout it but only one new pokemon was actually like shown in the entire 24 at like hours. 17 hours <laughs> at like this, 17 hours is this like when people put a camera in the in the cages of pregnant animals at zoos and you're like baby's not being born right now but you could watch the person be pregnant person yeah I think, I think that's much. what they were going for <laughs> That's also, what they were uh, going for. Jeff, you want to watch the draft, Pokemon chat? Baby? You were corrected. Is it was on the fourth? I remember because I was recording an episode of CGP on that day, and Chowder and I had it open during the episode. <laughs> 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 like Keenan is just talking, and I'm like, "Oh shit, there's a boy! There's a boy, Chowder!" <laughs> oh, wow, that's a hell of a publicity stunt. Uh, yeah, it seems but it's, not just, very it's, exciting. It's just funny because, like, at this point, like, I think the Pokemon company and Nintendo in general has realized that, like, no matter what the fuck they do, people are going to buy the new Pokemon games. So they can just, like, go real buck wild and real meme with all of their advertising and pretty much everything. And people, you know, like, some people are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? But even those people <laughs> still buy the game, so it, like, doesn't matter at all. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, even though I think that it's, like, a terrible way to advertise your game is to try to simulate, like, yeah. nature cams... I still watch it for like three like, hours. It just so. seems terrible. <laughs> like, uh, Talk I, about I needing mean, the to fast forward media content. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it's also, it's something that I kind of find, it, there's something that I kind of find charming about the whole endeavor. Because yeah. like, they're trying to make the Pokemon world more real to people, which is what they've been doing with like yeah. Pokemon Go, except also like stealing your data probably. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's, it's just like, it's I love it just because, not because I actually wanted to watch it for 24 hours, but just how utterly ridiculous it is like yeah. as an advertising move. And like, I, I doubt yeah. anyone was actually watching it for 24 hours. Why but it's would just, <laughs> do a publicity stunt advertising move that makes you realize how boring the concept of your franchise is. The, <laughs> like, not... like Pokemon is fun because you don't have to do exactly what that stream is, which is wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I, I found out last night, uh, I believe Pokemon is the highest grossing media franchise of all time. Like, I across all, all income sources. So which is pretty wild. You are right that, like, the they... game for 20 years. Well, I mean, but, like, including uh, not just the video games, but the card games and the merchandise and the movies and, and the TV yeah, yeah, shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I think it has made a lifetime gross of $95 billion worldwide, which is bigger yep. than everything else ever. And, yeah. and, their way to, and their way to ride that success is just watch, watch this grass for a little bit. Yep. <laughs> wild. Absolutely wild. Tell us about the big yeah. boy. Yeah, so I had an exciting first week of October because the next day, uh, the night of October 5th, uh, so Remar as I, I, you know, just to... I was trying to yeah. do remember a member for October, but it doesn't work. No. <laughs> so, um, right, just to recap, right, like the big boy Unicron fan-supported fan, fan uh, supported, 
uh, new toy that is going to be the largest Transformers toy. It's over 27 inches tall. It is 19 fucking pounds. Um, and the the crowdfunding thing originally was due at the end of August for it needed 8,000 backers. Um, and then it was moved to the end of New York Comic Con, which was October 6th. And on the night of October 5th, it succeeded. Uh, it got its 8,000 backers. Um which was fun. Uh, and then I, I kept watching to see how far up that number went. And uh, so I checked it. I kept checking it periodically. It got to about like uh, 8,100 or something before I went to bed. And then in the morning, it had been changed to be, uh, it, it no longer said the exact number. It just said 8,000 plus. Uh, so huh. people started wondering, hmm, how many of these were actually made because it might actually be in Hasbro's best interest to keep it, you know, feeling like the, you know, like as, ex like as a small exclusive, you know, in terms of like people selling it and like on the secondary market, hmm. they don't want people to think that they're going to, they're going to have it, you know? Um, so someone actually went and like went into the coding of the website and basically like, we're not sure exactly if this is accurate, but what they did was the little progress bar that was displayed on the website, they went into the code of that and saw what percentage it said it was at. You know, like visually on the website, it mm -hmm. just goes to the end, but they yeah. like found the percentage that it was at and they, the number that they came up with was 141%. So then they did that's the math like, on that. that that's, is, that's a lot. That's like, a, what, 11,000, 12,000? Eleven thousand two hundred and eighty backers, basically. Why would so, they? Big boy did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it seems but very. It's, huh. it's interesting that they decided to hide that, right? I'm not sure. I think if you'd that want was to brag. Like Look a... how many people want to buy yeah. an iPhone price transformer. I mean, it, I could understand if they were concerned about how it would perform after hitting the the maximum generally if they thought like yeah. 8000 was a number that they thought they were barely going to hit if they yeah. preemptively made it so that like if it goes up it'll just go to like 8000 plus um but, but they I didn't do it preemptively it had, because yeah it had the specific the number, number and then reach, they changed it and then it at some point they changed it to say just hmm. 8000 plus yeah. yeah it's so i'm not uh, yeah like i don't know if it was just like a simplicity thing for the website or if they're i don't know because i have i have not heard that number announced by hasbro or any sort you know they, they basically just had they it did it it succeeded right they haven't gotten into any of the specifics because it's weird because like i don't think that they're planning to sell it again after the fact but maybe it's for like the company's like um you know, like the pre-orders that are going up on like uh, on the Takara Mall sh or in the Takara Mall, right? Like those were included into the backer number. So, like hypothetically, I guess if people could see that there was like really a big surplus of them ordered, then they could mm -hmm. figure that people are going to sell them on the secondary market and cancel their pre-orders. That's mm. like one possibility. I'm yeah. not exactly sure. Do you think why, they'll get butt but... hurt like Sony did when they made a limited edition PF? four that looks like the xbox one and got mad when people were immediately selling them on ebay at an upcharge they're like this yeah. isn't why we sold you this and they're like i don't care i bought it yeah <laughs> i i do own this thing now yeah right because right. like 
we knew for a while that people were trying to buy it to turn a profit, right? Because they they were smart to that and they limited it to five per customer. Yeah. So you couldn't. Well, you still could with yeah, four. You could but... buy them, but you're not like stocking <laughs> shelves with them. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Down Although payment on a BMW or on. five Transformers. I don't know. Some people <laughs> are really into the fucking Transformers investment game. And it's like, it, if you have the money to do it. No, like with every fan. No, like, no, no, you're we right. Talking. I'm just, I'm thinking yeah. of somebody <laughs> having like a Transformers management app next to E-Trade in their phone. Mm-hmm. Just... <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people who are collectors, like basically collect and sell at the same time. You know, like they get stuff in their collection and like maybe there's some things they'll never sell, but they basically sell stuff yeah. that they have in their collection. And they're like, well, I'll have this to enjoy it for a little while. And then... When someone buys it, I'll get money back. So I've enjoyed the thing, and it's like a business that I'm running, right? So it's like there are a lot of people that are sort of in it that way, so I I get it, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the big update. He did it. That is a mysterious end. die off this podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, I've been fulfilled. All right, now a- after this, uh, what, 45 minutes or so of, of uh, reporting, uh, we are now as a uh, as an editor's room going to try to decide what is the most important story, what is the top story of October that we think matters to our listeners and to all the geeks in the world. So we're each going to nominate a story and then try to come to a consensus about which one we think is the top story of the month. Um... So I kind of thought I had a slam dunk with the Netflix thing, but even though I play a ton of Shadow Keep in Destiny 2, I think Austin's arguments about its implications make it a bit more impactful because uh, whereas the Netflix thing is about um, how users may potentially interact with it, the Shadow Keep economy is much more about how users need to interact with the game. Uh, so I think that inherently has more impact. So I'm nominating uh, the wonderful, if slightly uh, flawed, update to Destiny 2 called Shadow Keep, and it's associated free-to-play uh, and uh, expansion mechanics. Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. I'm. So I'm not sure. This is. This is a lot. Uh. Yeah. I'm. I'm tempted to just fucking say Sonic because like <laughs> it's a large thing that people were like horrified about, yeah. and I'm sure it's a huge. It was scary. Relief. Yeah. Um, that's something. So I can just like throw that out there as a nomination. Uh. But you just reminded me something I didn't get to say before about Shadow Keep. Uh. You know that some balance changes or whatever don't care about them for the purposes of this podcast but there's like a really funny glitch that's been happening in the raid since uh for the past garden uh, of salvation week or so um yeah in, in garden of salvation so uh there was a i'm gonna say some words jeffrey and i'll get back to you in a minute um, <laughs> so, uh, Colin, there's a glitch with telesto uh-huh uh and it's, oh it's, yes it's been fixed now where uh, you shoot it at the ground, it, uh, okay, we're gonna, okay. It, you can get infinite supers with it. Jeffrey, yes. this means you have guns yes. in the game that you charge up and they shoot like a, a fucking splooge of lasers out of them. Right, sure. Um, there's one of these guns in the game that it, sh- it ends up shooting out like 
what turns into little plasma grenades on things if you're That's familiar to all or whatever. Yeah, okay. They sticky. So there was a glitch where this gun, if you brought it into the raid, you could shoot it at the ground a few times, then throw a grenade at the pile of uh, grenades on the ground, explode oh. them, and it would bring, give you like you, the entire uh, bar that like. It gave you your full your, ultimate, uh, basically, instantly. Super ability. Jesus. So, like, you could just like How you could just like, use a little bit of ammunition to just do that <laughs> shit. I don't know. The Telesto has a weird history of doing things breaking the game. game. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Anyway, so yeah, that's the thing. I'm still throwing Sonic out there as a nomination because I yeah. feel like it should see the light of day. Very, very true. All right, Jeffrey, what is your nomination for top story? Uh, definitely Netflix. I think is the thing that that mattered the most to me in that discussion. I admittedly remembered that there was a bit of information about the Unicron thing that I forgot to look up, so I was not listening to the most of the Shadowkeep <laughs> thing. But that's it's the, yeah. But, it's, um, it's the thing that affects yeah. you the least, maybe. All right, well, we Very just have true. three totally different votes. How are we gonna... Not a single person is nominating fucking Unicron. He made it, guys. He's the, the, the Chaos Bringer is coming. <laughs> I have he'll, integrity. I can't he'll, nominate He'll win myself, story of the year. How about that? We'll nominate him for story him. of the year in December. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. It's just we'll we'll bring it back up in in uh, 2021 when the thing actually yeah. arrives. <laughs> so, uh, as much as I love my boy Sonic, I'm more inclined to le inclined to lean Please. towards uh, to the Netflix nomination because next to Destiny, I think it is the most impactful. Yeah. Um, most impactful story that we brought, if not the most interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, even if it's not the most my impactful, vote would go to Netflix. But I, I, sorry, no, my vote would go to Shadowkeep. Just, but like, yeah. still, I think Netflix. I, I'll take it. I'm not gonna fight for this one. It, <laughs> it's a, it's a big thing to just say, hey, you watch this at blinding speeds now. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, get I don't even. I don't even mm -hmm. know if it's going to end up being impactful, like if the way I'm interpreting it is right, but it's, I don't know, it's an interesting discussion about like whether or not we should give a shit I about think that's, how other people- I think that's exactly yeah, what yeah. I mean by impactful, is, is how does it stir the pot, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess reluctantly, uh, the Netflix <laughs> uh, speed play experiment is the top story of October, and a lot of shit happened this month too, and most of it, most of the stuff I wanted to talk about was just like shouting stuff out like Outer Worlds, Letterkenny season seven happened, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, something I thought, so I, I don't know, you seem to think that uh, Outer Worlds has a lot of replay uh, replayability, but sure I've, I've like also it. seen like some very middling reviews some from people who say that it feels like Outer Worlds, it seems like it's very polished, but like it doesn't have a lot of character as an Obsidian game. Like they expect it to it, do like a little I, bit more I, to distinguish itself. I think that's mostly because of the RPG type things. I think that has to do more with the scale of the game. It is very polished, but it is much. It seems much smaller than a Fallout 4 or a Skyrim. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of tricks you because you can travel between planets in the system, so different places feel more unique. But it's it's definitely not as big. After 12 hours of recorded gameplay on the highest difficulty setting, where I can't save my game manually, I have reached the end of the main quest in 12 hours. Which, if you compare that to a Fallout yeah. game, that's nothing. Uh, and I was not, like, just maining through it. I was doing some side stuff, too. Um, 
I don't know, all, all the critics' reviews have been great, and I tend to agree with everything that they've said. I'll probably report back next month after I've had a chance to do another playthrough. Um, <laughs> oh, also, Adventure Zone Graduation got announced. I was at the live oh, show. Yeah. I was at the live show where they announced it, um, and I, uh, so the Apple Watch now checks the ambient volume of a room, and uh, as pe when <laughs> it said Taz Graduation on the screen, uh, my watch was like, it is 109 decibels of screaming in here. You should leave the room. <laughs> um, Please go. Yeah, but Travis is DMing another D&D campaign. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I hope he does well, because during the live show, the, like the um, the one where he was doing the, uh, Dust? the, the Ballad of Dust? Bigfoot, Oh like yeah, not yeah. doing any of the accents, and I'm just like, oh, dog, I hope you have some yeah. accents for when you're... I don't remember how Dustin yeah. went, honestly, uh, having, but... having seen him live in two shows, which I talked to Laura about on How You Doing next week, but because um, I got to go see with her and with my girlfriend, I saw different shows. Um, but uh, his energy on stage is, like, it comes across much more clearly than the others. And the audio, oh, yeah. uh, I, I don't always notice it as much, but he commands that stage, uh, and that's actually very fun. But no, that'll be very cool. I loved Adventure Zone Dust that he DM'd. That was my favorite of their experimental. Well, works. I just like oh, the really? idea of this favorite. new one like <laughs> very much. I, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm so down with this uh, the premise of this campaign. Yeah, I think it'll it's be good. It's just like sky high, right? But kind of yeah, but with, with fantasy TV. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. October was like a weirdly crowded month. A um, lot of fun stuff, but um, spooky. yeah, spooky indeed. Um, this is coming out. Day after Halloween, so the spook will have passed, and people will already be putting uh, up their Christmas trees. Excuse me, Colin. Dia de los Muertos will still be going on, so check yourself. The second time that my wokeness has been challenged in this very episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. That about wraps it up for the Common Briefing Program. I have been Colin Ketchin, and I still am, actually. You can find me online at Sonic Colin K. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. So uh, I'm joined by... <laughs> Uh, me, Austin. See you next month. I still don't have like a place <laughs> where you can find me on the internet. That's that's the way life is right now. Uh, I'm Jeff. I, who knows if you'll see me next month? I think I'm. Unless something pops up, I'm gonna take a month off now that the Unicron <laughs> trilogy, yeah. quad quadrilogy, has, has yeah. concluded. Well, you are um, also now working on a new little video thing for us. Yeah. That's pretty fun. The pilot, the the sort of rough rough draft stuff is out there, but I think it's a very fun idea. What's that? Uh, yeah. So on our YouTube channel, the CGP YouTube channel, I released a video where Pat and I, I, I made a, a fake quiz or no, it was a real quiz. I made a quiz of real and fake Transformers names, because if you don't know, there's a lot of like batshit, stupid, crazy Transformers <laughs> names that they, you know, have titled the toys throughout the years. So I made a little quiz of real and fake Transformers names and had him. <coughs> sorry. And had him guess which ones were the the fake ones. Um, this is very I, I'm funny. I'm proud. I'm pretty proud of how it turned out. Uh, there's, you know, uh, as always, there's kinks that I want to um, work out and make it shorter and make it easier. But I'm pretty proud of how the first one turned out. And Colin and I are gonna record another one next week. So yeah, that yeah. should be coming um, along. I think that'll be pretty fun. So real or fake, that's gonna be on our YouTube. We also have two other podcasts. Uh, one I do called How You Doing with my friend Laura, where we just try to catch up because we don't ever see each other anymore. But last month we saw each other and there's a big long recording of me at the zoo for the first time in my life. And then you caught each other up on the activities that you had together. That no, I, I went to his <laughs> I went to a zoo for the first time in my life and we oh. we discovered 
some really trashy geese, and it was one of the happiest moments of my life. Uh, we also have a D&D based show called Dice Populi. Uh, you can find all that at commongeekingprogram.com. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of want to wrap it up. Um, I think that's good. Either of you have anything else? No, no I might chill. try to go play some uh, Destiny actually if you're going to get on, but that's not like news. Uh, I, true. Uh, okay, well then I'm gonna wrap it up, and we will talk to you all uh, next month with a new common briefing program. First Friday of every month. On the third Friday, Jeff is gonna bring you a common geeking program where we look at a single uh, item of geek culture in depth. Uh, so that'll sure be all. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, talk to you soon. Love Bye you. all. Bye. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Could you? Yeah, I'm just gonna stop recording. This episode of the Common Geeking Program is hosted by me, Colin, and I was joined by Austin Liebers and Jeff Levitt returning correspondence. This episode is sponsored by Naps. I just took one, and I'll probably take another one right now. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levitt, with this episode edited by me, featuring original music also by me. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with an episode, I believe, about Spy Kids Trilogy, which is going to be great. And uh, we have new episodes of How You Doing and Dice Populi coming out next week. So be sure to take a listen to both of those. Tune in for the next episode of this and more geek news the first Friday of December. Tune in then, and thank you for listening to this. All right, Same. let's clap. Ah, oh, I looked at my thing right at 4:20. Uh, let's clap at 4:35, just to because I don't want to. Yeah, sounds good. Surprise you guys. Sounds Five seconds. Pretty spicy Definitely. to me, boys. I'm feeling spicy. I feel like I was late, and you guys happened after I did. It's fine. I th- okay. I happened on time, but it sounded like I happened first. So that's how lag works. I'm a little too tired to really try to parse that statement, so I'm going to jump right in. Uh, Hello, one and all, and welcome...